week's Christian Vision episode. If you were here last week, we had a special guest, Chris Haberman. And did I do that again, right? I, I think I said your name right again, didn't I? You did, yeah. Yeah. I've been practicing saying Chris all week, and I finally <laughs> said it. Uh, so, but yes, Chris, Pastor Chris, if you don't, uh, if you didn't tune in last week, he is the pa he is the pastor of Church of the Resurrection, and tune in the last episode. Man, I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of tongue twisting right now. But tune in last episode. It was a great resource and just information on us discussing John 11.35, the longest scripture in the Bible, Jesus wept. Yes, I did say longest. I know I didn't mess that up. So if you, if you know me, I'm a very sarcastic person. Uh, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Yep. Mm, yep. So I I don't go by laughs. I go by eye rolls. That's how you know it's a good dad joke. So, but we are going to continue this discussion because what he gave, that was powerful stuff. I, if you haven't, I really encourage you to go back. Even if you have and you want to hear it again, it is powerful and awesome. You'll learn a lot and can get impacted so much. So, Chris, and just for a reminder, if it's different viewers, uh, give us a really quick 30-second introduction to yourself and your church, which we will put in the for, description. For the viewers, I didn't know that we had viewers. Uh, uh, where's, where's the camera in my house? Um, you didn't know this, but since that one party you invited us to, I brought a Here's little... preparation, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just, I planned this way ahead. I think that was a year ago, I think, I came over. Yeah, I'm a big right. planner. Okay, well, hello, viewers, I'm waiting at you. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I'm pastor of Church of the Resurrection. We're a, a fairly new church plant uh, in Sioux Falls. Uh, we celebrated our first birthday as a church this past October, and, uh, and uh, we meet at the Boys and Girls Club at 824 East 14th Street here in Sioux Falls. And, uh, yeah, uh, we are just uh, very passionate about um, uh, the two aspects of discipleship, of, of, of growing in Christ and uh, that call to go out and make disciples. Awesome. And it is a joy... Chris, it's a joy to just know you, to get to know you. You've had me speak at your church uh, three times, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it is a great experience. I love the church. They are all about community and not just community, but but as family. And, and, and really welcoming people into the family, which, which is really neat. That Some churches can, can become insular and, and uh, like we like our family, but we're also, we're good the way we are. Like, yeah. we're... Uh, People are really welcome, um, and I love that. I love that that has been something that's been natural, that I haven't had to be like, hey guys, stop loving each other so much so that you can welcome these guests. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it, it is like that. I actually remember when we when Claudia was just born, I kind of laughed, because most people, when they come and visit and support, they sit and visit for an hour or two, just see how things going. You came over with this big lasagna. It's like, hey, I just wanted to give you this. Yep, my daughter wants to see her. Now we got to go. Bye. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that is so awesome. Because we're tired. We're exhausted. They wanted to help. They did. Here's a lasagna. We're out of here. 
awesome. <laughs> and it's like, I love that because they show the concern. They still show the love. And there, it is really like a family there. And yeah, it's a great church. So if you live in Sioux Falls or Brandon, or if you live in Texas and just want to take a road trip to South Dakota, Sioux Falls, come out and check the church. It is a great church, which I will give. Would you like me to give the not only the website, but the address on the description? Where it sure. is? Sure, yeah. All right, I can do that. So what we're going to do today is continue talking about John 11.35. Now, even though there's so many books out there, or I'm sure people can, we are not just going to discuss about Jesus wept. We, it, we are going to expand a little bit, and we did that last week. But I have a little different perspective to discuss. Now, I'm not going to read through it all because that was last week. And so I encourage you, it is John 11, so I encourage you to read it. We should be reading our, the word, we should be looking into it. So I am going to say that. Don't just go back to the last episode and hear the <laughs> chapter. Go in and read it. So Pause the show right now, John 11, <laughs> yep. and then hit play. Yes, hit play, audio voice. Um, we try to hire Morgan Freeman as the voice reader. Uh, but we're still working that those out, meaning we have no money. Our, our people are talking to his people, and that's yeah. where it is right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yes, we are talking about this, and something I want to ask, because, Chris, you are so much smarter than me. Don't deny it. Uh, you are. Yep, you're shaking your head. Uh, you are. I will admit it, but again, Socrates did kind of say the smartest people in the world are those that think they're dumb, it's making them smart. <laughs> so I will be the first to admit I don't know a lot, even though I have a Master's of Divinity, I'm just more confused. So, but I want to, I tried doing research because we talked about Mary and Martha, the scripture in there that they came to Jesus. And now, the scripture does flat out say, this is the Mary that wiped the perfume uh, and worshipped, wiped him and the blessing and broke the perfume on Jesus' feet. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. But I was actually kind of wondering because it said Mary and Martha, and I know I preached a little while ago, and why am I blanking on the scripture? And I even wrote it down too, but I'm uh, blanking out on where I put it. But... There was a Mary and Martha that was in Luke. Luke, was it Luke 11? I can't remember, I'm blanking out. But in Luke, and I could probably look it up right here, I have um, scripture here, uh, a Bible software. But in Luke, where it was Martha and Mary, where... Are you thinking Luke 10? Yes, I believe so. Where Jesus comes in this home, and... Was it? Um, why am I blanking out? I believe it was Martha that cleaned the house. Was so focused on making it clean, but um, Mary was just there, just soaking in Jesus's teaching, and Martha kind of got a little annoyed. Is is that the same? I I kind of did research. Some say. It, it's possible, but others are like, uh, there's not quite enough evidence for that. 
And this is just information and everything like that. I like to look at the full context, who Mary, Martha, and Lazarus is, which you kind of specified a little bit. But I like to see a bigger picture. Do you think that's who they are, or do you think there's not enough information? <laughs> now, now you're putting me in the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did that to me last week. Well, all of a sudden, you're like, how many, Aaron? Yeah, I wrote that down. I remember that. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I, I don't actually have a good answer for you. I, I could, and, and um, even those, um, there isn't a lot of evidence in the text um, to tie it to them. Um, there's certainly, there are many Marys and Marthas that could have lived together, um, sisters, um, uh, and, uh, scholars have, I, I'm sure, guessed. I could probably get you a better answer with a little bit of research, but yeah, yeah. off the top of my head, I could, I couldn't tell you. Should we just ask Dr. Rainbow? We should. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he was like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, but, yeah, uh, someone we know. But, that's how I'll leave that. Now... That that's huge, are in there just thinking that. But one thing we know for sure is these three people. I'm talking about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Jesus loves them. Now, when I say that, it's not about well, Jesus actually loved them and not every anyone else. No, it's think about when you have a relationship with someone like just a good friendship or there there's just a different relationship where you share with others there there's probably some type of relationship with them and impact that jesus probably shared stuff with them not necessarily teaching but just a life experience inside jokes inside relationships just thinking of those things when we have personal relationships with people or just impact there's just a relationship that you have and I don't know if you would agree with this, Chris, but just that relationship where he does show love to these three. They are like family to him. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I was a kid, we had a Sunday school song, Jesus, Jesus loves the little children, <laughs> all the children of the world. Um, and uh, Jesus loves me, this I know. Um, of course, Jesus loves everybody. But, yeah, there's a special kinship here. Like, these were dear friends of his. In fact, Jesus, yeah, he, he loves everyone, um, but he, in fact, had people he was really, really deeply close with on earth um, that even among the 12, that, that clearly Peter, James, and John's were, were kind of like the special three on the inside. And even John was like, referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And, uh, and so... Uh, He's called the humble disciple, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, yeah, and and, uh, he also points out, I love this, you know, he points out that he was faster than Peter when running to the tomb, um, that he got there first, right? Yeah. Not to brag, but I stretched a little bit, and yeah, yeah, I made it. Um, Of course, he he was younger, too, so, I mean, if if we're going to defend Peter here. Yeah. But, yeah, and there's a... Huge relationship, and I think that's huge to understand because, like you said last week, when Jesus found out that he was Lazarus was very sick, you can get that sense that Jesus knew that because he didn't go, oh my gosh, like a lot of us would do uh, with a big family friend or a family. I gotta pack up. I gotta go. I gotta check them. What did Jesus do? Oh, my are uh, my really close friends uh, sick. Are are you guys free for three two more nights? Uh, yeah, I would like to book two more nights. 
Awesome. Thank you. That's what Jesus did. He stayed. That and but we need to understand it's not because he wasn't concerned. He wasn't not it wasn't because, well, I have better things to do. No. There there's something at work here. Jesus planned this. He he knew what was happening. In fact, he even told the disciples, he's gonna fall asleep. He's he didn't say he's going to fall asleep. He's go he, or he didn't say he's asleep now. He he's already fell asleep. No, he's going to fall asleep. Now the disciples obviously thought he was talking about sleep, sleep, but he was talking about death. He was gonna die. He knew this, and. This this is just huge because they have this huge relationship, this love, this love for this family, this growth. And he waited, and he knew he was going to pass away, and he wasn't even going to be there on his deathbed. Like even if they weren't going to plan to heal him or bring him back, he wasn't even going to be there for his deathbed that a lot of people try to reach. And to me, that that's just showing this is the huge impact or the kind of the background that really is needed to understand this, the, how big this miracle is going to happen, how this message within this miracle. So as you see, as you go in there, when he goes to the people, now you focus a little bit on the disciples and you showed some awesome things. Uh, I, I actually liked how you talked about Thomas because being Aaron, who is Moses' brother, the golden calf maker, with Thomas, who's the doubter, the golden calf doubter, it, I, I greatly appreciate where it's that explanation, hey, we're kind of hard on Thomas a little bit. He, he's not the only disciple that messed up. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, this is something I, I love to point out. Um, it's interesting... Uh, how Thomas is like he's literally called doubting Thomas, um, mm -hmm. and yet you know we don't actually give nicknames to other like denying Peter or uh, you know James and John. Um, I don't know if you remember this story that um, their mother went to Jesus and was like, "Hey, um, in your kingdom, would it be okay if if you had James on your left and John on your right? Would like would that be really really great if you would do that?" Um, and, uh, like, so, I mean, for your mom to go behind your back and go ask Jesus for, like, special places in your kingdom, uh, that's kind of embarrassing, right? Yeah. And yet, you know, we don't hold that against them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And then you have, like you said, Peter doubted Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, he... Or not doubt, sorry, I said that. Denied. Denied, sorry, too many D words. But I think he doubted too, like, you know, when, when he starts to sink into the water, um, he kind of lacks faith. Yeah. Well, and then even just if you think about it, if you really want to go in depth and huge, when he denies Jesus, isn't there doubt? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, remember, he's the only disciple that Jesus referred to as Satan, <laughs> That's uh, a big said, confidence behind booster. Me, Satan. Who did he say that to? He said that to Peter. Yeah, behind me, Satan. <laughs> yeah, get behind me, like uh, you know, because Peter was like, I, "We're gonna, I'm gonna prevent you from dying." Um, and and Jesus is just like, "You don't get it." Um, so yeah, there, there's and and this very human depiction of the disciples, I think, is a really powerful testimony to the truth of the scripture, right? That um, if they were just making it up they would 
come off in a much better light, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to, like, move forward to it. I'm not going to go in there and get... I'm going to jump right into the Jesus Wept. And what I really thought was a huge impact. For me, we talk and we believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth fully human, except with the exception of without sin. You mentioned that. And to me, Jesus Wept really showed his humanity. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I completely agree with you that it wasn't because of the death of Lazarus, because he knew what was going to happen. He knew that, okay, yes, he's going to die. He's this, but I am going to rise him up, raise him up. Like, not just figuratively as in the future, as the resurrection. No, he is going to rise again, right soon. <laughs> and... So I completely agree, and I see that. But what I see, understand, Jesus wept is, it says in verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, that's when he was deeply moved. And this is what I picture, except so much more intensity. I... If you know me, I'm a very emotional person. A middle child, millennial, it's I'm very emotional. I don't let everything insult me, believe it or not. But I am a very emotional person. That was supposed to be a joke. I think it <laughs> kind <laughs> of. You're very stoic. Okay. Yes. Uh, but there are some movies that I really get into. Even if I know... It's even if it's a, a fiction, a lot of Disney movies, I, I do get into them. And when there's a lot of sadness in there, you you kind of get built up a little bit. And I actually think of an episode, not Dis, well, I think Disney technically owns it, but an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. There was, and it was actually, I think it was actually rated one of the most saddest episodes. Mm. And just even thinking. It was. I think the, you know what you're going to talk about, yeah. Yeah, you probably know which episode. And it really hits me kind of hard, but you probably know why. But I think it was the fifth season? Fifth or fourth? Fourth. It might have been the fourth. I, I am blanking out right now. But, actually, I can see it is the... Because I actually own the season. Uh, I should be paid. Yep, fourth season. Wait, why am I showing the mic? Uh, but it's the well, we, have, we have viewers, right? <laughs> yeah, viewers. Uh, but it's the fourth season of Fresh Prince of Ballet where there's an episode where Will's dad comes back in. He comes back in and he reconnects this relationship, building this. And at the very end, he still chooses his work or money above his above Will, above his son. And there's this emotional ending where Will just goes off and just shouts, saying, it's like, it's all right, I did this without him, I did this without him, I did this without him, I don't need him. And he just shouts. And then it ends with, why doesn't he love me? Why doesn't he... there? And it shows Uncle Phil holding him and ending. Not many people realize that wasn't what was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be a quick ending, that was not scripted. Mm. Will Smith actually reacted because that actually, uh, he related to that because that's actually part true where he was abandoned. In his life, wow. Yes. Not many people realize that that emotion is actually full on true. That mm. is his emotion. 
And with me, when I watch that, a lot of times, I will get teary-eyed. I will get emotional. I will cry. And then sometimes I even see in other movies, um, when Mufasa died, yes, I cried, even with the new one. But it's that emotion. But that doesn't just happen in movies. It happens to people when they tell sad stories in there. And it is what, and a lot of people just know what this is called, but it's empathy. Where you have sympathy where it's kind of the whole, man, that's really tough. I, I will pray or I hope you get through it. Empathy is putting yourself in it. It is not just be hoping it works out. You are there feeling what they are and hurting like they are. Even though it's not directly through your life, you are being directed into it. When someone tells me, and you know the story and a lot of people do, when someone tells me they're going through a miscarriage in there, I get very emotional because even though don't understand, you really get into that. And this just shows the humanity of Jesus because this is a huge empathetic moment. And I don't even think that's the right term in there. It's like, well, he's being very empathetic. No, he is being human here because even though, like you said, he knows the plan. He knows Lazarus is coming back. He knows that's a healing. He wasn't in a hurry to come here, not because he's like, I'm going to take my time, but he's just there uh, on, his, on his plan on this. But yet, bam, it still hits him when he sees his Mary and Martha tear weeping and these people weeping at this funeral, this death. And bam, it hits him. Jesus, God. And it's just that weeping. And I just picture that empathetic... Um, and I try to say that the best because it's empathy... And it always tongue slams saying, pathetic, I'm not. It's empathy. And it's that being in it, fully human, but yet he is going to rise Lazarus. He doesn't sit there while people tell him, you could have done this. You could have changed this. You could have impacted this. Like was said, he gets, he is with them. It's not just about, oh, I understand. Yo, I understand what you're going through. No, he is there with them. Not because of the death, but because of the feelings they have right at that moment, right there. It's with him. And then there's one other thing I actually, when I was reading this, uh, because uh, we have about seven minutes left, so I want to make sure we wrap up a little bit, too and have closing thoughts about it. But you kind of mentioned it's just the human scripture of they were so concerned of opening the tomb when Jesus said, open the tomb. It's like, well, it's going to reek. Three, four days of stench. Like, do you want to do that? And he's like, open it. Now, we kind of let there's like, wow, this huge impact, this huge miracle, and a scripture that says, well, it's going to reek. Uh, do you have some Febreze? And there. But this is actually powerful itself. Because a lot of times we sit there and says, say, think of, well, Jesus will pull us out of darkness. Jesus will 
pull us out literally when we fall and stumble. And in here it's rot. But Jesus didn't pull Lazarus out of rot. Because Lazarus is literal rot. He's been dead. And he is rot. He, he was a friend, a family member. Jesus loved him. And he is rot right now. For did was it four days? Four, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, four days. Four days. I mean, the flesh is is breaking down those chemicals. I yeah. Mean, it is. Yeah. Well, and it's natural. They don't. They didn't have the same chemicals we have today that they clear the system. At least I'm pretty sure they didn't. They might have process I don't right. know of. But yeah. Um. Embalming. Yeah. They, but um. I mean, they, they would have spices and. And, and in fact, that's, that's an interesting kind of fact of like Jesus and his purpose, you know, to be the Lamb of God. Um, Jesus came to do many things, um, but in fact, to uh, be be the suffering servant, to be the Lamb of God, um, to be stricken for our sake. Uh, that that um, when these gifts, these royal gifts from the Magi of gold, frankincense, and myrrh—I actually don't remember which one—but either frankincense or myrrh, one of those is like a burial spice to help deal with this, the smell. And um, and in fact. Uh, when uh, the women go to the tomb, um, uh, they go to bring spices, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe this is something that, that I should uh, actually look up. I think I'm thinking of the John, the uh, resurrection account of John. Yeah, but yeah. still, the process might is probably a lot different then. There and then sure. also, yeah. it's it's the body was not buried. At least I'm assuming. Don't quote me in there because the research. It's in the crypt. It's in the tomb. It says it's open. This stench is gonna come out. Mm-hmm. He is Lazarus is literal rot, and Jesus goes in there, and as we see, as Jesus wept, and then he goes, and then he goes in there. And he says, I'm trying to, real quick, trying to be smooth about it, but it's not working. But he goes, and, um, man, I had it right here, too. But he, Lazarus rises. Mm -hmm. he, He isn't coming out like a zombie, a decomposed body. No, he was decomposed, but he just came out. And he is fully healed in a way new. Now, like you said, he's going to die again, or at least we assume. <laughs> or it's a safe assumption, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's going. He's gonna die again. He's twice, but here he is new. He came out. He is no longer decomposed. What's did I read? Was his bandages still decomposed? Like, you know, you have the dirt, the bandages, would those still um, be? It says his clothes? hands and feet were bound with linen strips, and his face, face wrapped the cloth. And, and Jesus has to say to them, he says, unbind him and let him go. Because um, the, the part of the preparation would have been so, to, to bind his body, yeah. Okay, so it's pretty much everything's off when he did it in there. Right? Well, he says unbind him, so yeah. so he's he's still bound up. Um, okay. Yeah, like the, the the decomposition process would have been reversed. You know, oh, oh, okay. He did it, and then unbind. Yep, yep. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, verse forty four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, just imagine that the strips in there; those probably still have some 
at least the dirt, the yeah, decomposed. Yeah. Just think about that. The stuff that he has on, and he comes out. Um, now, does he... He probably took, like, a really long bath. Yeah, I was going to say, he it's might stink, but <laughs> in there, unless, who knows, maybe he comes out and he's like, well, new <laughs> in there. But, yeah, he might reek, but his it's on him instead of being part of him. The... Mm decomposing the rot he is no longer rot there might be rot from the decom of the bandages or whatever the dirt and all that but he is no longer part of it jesus took him out of it mm -hmm. and to me that is powerful as well like just this scripture and just hearing that and the reason why that's just huge on there is just knowing some people or even just with me even in the past just thinking of people that go through hard things even if they're not even if as believers or non-believers is sometimes that going through hard really hard things where it just feels like there's no hope there's no it's just complete darkness or it's just there's no hope for me or it just feels like i don't have a future it's that jesus isn't just pulling us out we may feel so bad so rotted yet jesus can still not only pull us out but turn us bring us from that rot we're no longer rotted jesus makes things new yeah um yeah uh he cleanses the, the um the, the lepers um the things that he touches he cleanses uh you think you know there's a story of the woman who knew that if she would just touch him that she would be mm -hmm. healed um yeah yeah and I, I love that one, too, and that could be another thing, but I always did... Someone actually did a comparison, a friend, who, going back to Thomas, Thomas needed to touch Jesus to for proof mm. that he was. That woman needed to touch Jesus because she knew mm. he <laughs> is Christ. Yeah. yeah. Like, both needed to touch Jesus, but completely different. Ooh, that even gave me shivers a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we are actually close to time, but still, closing thoughts and impact. I don't know if you got anything, Chris, or something new that you wanted to add uh, to this scripture, because... Yeah, just, just to sum up, um, the, uh, the, the goodness of God and, and evidence for that, and um, you know, when Jesus says, you know, do you believe this? Um, uh, and this is a testimony to it. And so just to, to turn this to our listeners, um, do you believe this today? Um, do you believe um, in who Jesus is as far as um, God being trustworthy in his care for us? That when we watch people die um, and we grieve, uh, do, do, you, do you grieve like they do? As those who have no hope, or do you grieve differently? Um, do you know about the goodness of God and the care that He has for us? In that He um, He was lived as one of us and and grieved as one of us and feels grief for um, for the sufferings that we have. He's not separated from that. And um, so today, just to ask you as the listener, uh, do do you believe in God in this way that He is good and He is compassionate and that He is He cares for us in good. In, and we want to believe this um, in all times, uh, in good times and in bad. Oh. 
Well, thank you so much, Chris, for two weeks in a row. It is great having you. This was a great scripture. All scripture is great. But this is this was an amazing time. I know I got a lot. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And for the listeners, thank you for listening. Listeners, not viewers. Thank you so much for listening. And... I give you encouragement. I give you love where if you know M3 Ministries, which is uh, the passion I have and what this podcast kind of comes from, it's about strengthening faith and building hope. And what I pray for is this gives you a little strength into your faith that Jesus is there. He is there to take us out of rot, to bring us anew to resurrect but also to give us grace and love so we are saved as we all fall short and to give us hope a future in him so i thank you guys for joining us i thank you for listening again this is christian vision thank you so much and god bless